Hey everybody, welcome to the But Why Not podcast. This is your host, Mary Elizabeth. This podcast is all about discovering those reasons as to why you might say, but why not me in your life and how to learn strategies, techniques, tools, hacks to overcome that and be able to truly live the life that you want and deserve. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 32 of the But Why Not podcast. Today we're talking to my friend Jess. Jess Hyland is from the UK. She's an incredible human. We met through Fraser Brooks Inner Circle within the network marketing space. She's with her company called Tropic, which is all about skincare and health. And over the course of her journey, she's learned not only how to take care of her skin, prioritize her self-care, but also really started to learn about her female cycle and how that affects her skincare and can affect her daily life. While we go through this episode, we are talking about some sensitive topics, so please make sure that if you have kids listening and you don't want them to hear these things, that you pause the episode and listen to it when you can fully engage. This episode is incredible. She talks about something called natural cycle, which she uses all the time to really help learn when she has her peaks and flows and valleys throughout her 28-day cycle and how she's been able to learn to track that to better help her productivity and her life in general. Jess is extremely passionate and on a mission to help women feel confident within their own skin and having open and honest conversations about women's health. There is such a lack of conversation and so many people feel shameful or embarrassed to talk about these things when in reality, the more we talk about it, the more that we can open the conversation and really help all of the women in the world feel comfortable within themselves. Before I forget, because I am an ADHDer and that is most definitely why I do, make sure that you hit subscribe, you share this podcast with a friend, you leave a five-star review because I have gotten so many messages, phone calls, uh, I mean smoke signals, everything about how much this has helped people and that's really always been my goal in life is to help others, right? So you can find me on Facebook at Mary Elizabeth Ratton, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at the only Mary Elizabeth, or you can find a hashtag that is now branded as mine as that ADHD girl. All right, so I'd love to hear from you. Make sure you share this to your stories so that I can celebrate you as well. Hey guys, welcome to this episode of the But Why Not podcast. I am Mary Elizabeth and I'm here with my friend Jess. On social media, you can see her as Jessica Highland, but she goes by Jess and I'm super excited for her, for our interview, our chat today to talk about um, health and skincare and really go over how her journey has led her to understanding her female cycle, menstrual cycle, that there's more than one part to just like bleeding up like once a month and um, how that's impacted her life. So Jess, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you so much for asking. This is the first time I've been on a podcast, so I feel very honored. So thank you so much for asking. <laughs> oh, absolutely. I'm so excited. Um, Jess and I met through the Inner Circle, which is a coaching program with Fraser Brooks. Um, we're both with online businesses and that's really the power of having an online business and being in network marketing is that you get to meet people from all over the world that, uh, to be honest, I don't think we ever would have met without that. No, I right, don't think You live so in the either. UK. Where in the UK do you live? Uh, so I'm based in Devon in the UK at the moment. Yeah. And so uh, for those of us who are not the best with culture, how, like most people know about London, right? So how far away from London are you? So a few a few hours from London, so I'm down the kind of southwest of the UK, um, near the coast. It's a beautiful part of the world. Um, so yeah, very grateful. But yeah, about three hours from London. I think unless you've been to the UK, people know London and not so much what goes on around it. But 
Yeah, no, I definitely, to be honest, when I first started and I started meeting you guys and I became friends with you and a couple other people in the UK, I didn't realize that the UK wasn't like Europe, like Europe, but it wasn't like, it, it wasn't the same. Like, I didn't realize that like Europe is then the UK are kind of like there, but, but not like, I didn't know that New York was a state until I heard you say it on one of your lives either. So every day is a school day. <laughs> so right. Right. I always say that. Like, people, yeah, people know of New York and they're like, oh, you live in the city. And I'm like, no. No, I live by farm fields. <laughs> like, there's, there are farm fields around. Movies, though, is it? It's like you see New York at Christmas and everyone thinks, oh, yeah, that's New York. No. <laughs> yeah, no, that is the city, right? So I'm about six hours from the city, uh, sort of like you're a distance from London. So why don't you give us a little bit of your background? Tell us how you, you know, got into network marketing. Did you do something before you started your online business? Like, kind of where your journey led, like how your journey led to here. Yeah, so I think everybody has their own journey and everybody's journey is a little bit of a different roller coaster at times. Um, so for those that I yeah. haven't met yet, hi everyone, I'm Jess and um, I'm really honoured to be on Mary Elizabeth's podcast today and have her as one of my lovely friends as well. Um, so I'm 27 and my journey has been, well, everyone's is different really, isn't it? So before I was in kind of network marketing, having an online business kind of space, um, following university, I actually had a traditional business with my mum. So we opened um, a couple of gift shops, selling kind of British made, sustainable kind of that sort of vibe. So I was very fortunate growing up that I kind of saw my mum and dad both kind of in entrepreneurial spaces. So for me, my parents didn't go through the what essentially was the social norm of being employed. So I kind of went to university mainly because I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I also kind of wanted to get out of Devon a little bit and just see a bit more of the UK. Um, and it was a really lovely way to meet new people. It's actually where I met my partner, Seb, as well. We met at uni. So that's definitely one of my favourite things about going to university. I can't say I really use my degree now, <laughs> but it was definitely a learning curve. Um, um, so, yeah, after uni, I decided, we decided at my graduation that we wanted to start a business, probably over a bottle of wine at dinner it was just one of those kind of things just yeah um but actually during the years that we don't talk so much talk about on social media and stuff now oh right those years that can't be named those three years right yeah (laughs) those years um so during those years we actually were essentially forced to shut our business and I was in a very fortunate position that I did have a bit of a plan b which was my online business at that point my online business was essentially a way that I got my products discounted um something to do in the really small time I had around being in a shop seven days a week and having to wear lots of different hats with owning your own business um but because of those years that we cannot name it really made it essentially (laughs) kind of shut one door and opened another for me so it gave me the time to really reassess what I was doing with my life and my business um, some of the decisions weren't necessarily the ones that we had planned, but when does things tend to go to plan? Um, which kind of pushed me towards giving my online business a go, really. I had the time whilst we were stuck at home in those years. And for me, it really was my happy place. It was a way that I could stay connected with people. Um, and then it became more and more of a passion that one way I could help people, but it was really helping me as a person help boost my confidence, just be surrounded by like-minded people. Um, so it kind of made me grow, um, as a person and also my business. And then 
once we came out of those years that cannot be named, um, it then <laughs> kind of made the decision that I didn't want to go back into a traditional business or look for an employed role because this was my home really this is what I wanted to be doing career-wise um, and that's kind of what led me to my online business kind of space. That's so awesome so what did you actually go to university for and for those of you who are not familiar with UK the university in the UK is similar to college in the US. Yeah so I actually studied sports and exercise science so before going to well, growing up, sport had always, always been a big part of my life, but I didn't realise actually kind of how it was a negative part of my life. For me, my confidence from all sorts of um, curveballs that life likes to flare at us was kind of at rock bottom. And for me, I struggled with my eating. Um, I had um, an eating disorder when I was growing up. So for me, I kind of then went as I was recovering from that, was then using exercise as a way of essentially punishing my body. Um, so then by going and learning more about sports science wasn't necessarily so much a career wise but I know I wanted to go to university and try something in but it was more about understanding how I needed to fuel my body to be able to do the exercise that I wanted to do like I enjoyed doing sport and kind of the social aspect of that but they're kind of like more um, extreme exercise and diet bit was essentially fueling my as I was recovering from um, my eating disorder, really. So it was kind of turning a struggle into kind of something to make me understand it a little bit more to start. And that was probably one of the first big steps for me to actually looking after my body and realising that I deserve to be able to look after my body instead of fighting against it, really. Um, So, yeah, big learning curve. Absolutely. I think in this part of the growth, right, learning curves are important. They're not comfortable, but they're important. And I'm glad you were able to move forward with that because one, it does help you grow, but two, it also helps your body not kind of be in that state of fight or flight, be in that state of constant, you know, trauma, if you will. And so Mm -hmm. just to make sure I were clear, so your parent shop actually closed during COVID then. And that's, so you weren't able to be there at all. No, so um, because we weren't kind of like a key necessity, we sold more kind of gifts and not kind Mm -hmm. of day-to-day stuff that you need. So people weren't fighting in our shop over toilet rolls, I'll I'll put it that way. (laughs) Um, But but when we had gone into lockdown, we had to close the shop. And because, um, so my mum actually opened our first shop down in the south, but because I'd stayed up north after university, I'd opened a second shop up there with, uh, my partner Sev so we actually had the two shops but because of lockdown we had to shut both doors but being still a relatively new business it was really hard to keep that ball rolling when you were still on that very kind of growth stage of the beginning of a business um so yeah it was one of those where it wasn't a, it would have been too risky for us to try and fight it especially not knowing how long the covid was going to nobody could predict how long it was going to affect right. people for. Yeah, absolutely. So this was how many years ago? So we can kind of establish a timeline. So this was three years ago then this kind of started? Yeah, so I've been with my company at the moment for, I think we're coming up five years now. Um, So yeah, it was about three years ago now that I went into doing um, my online business full time. Gotcha. So tell us a little bit about your company. Tell us 
like how you picked it? What was the reason that you joined that company? So my mum is actually my upline. So she started the business and she had actually met her upline in a previous business. So they actually met on a plane at one of their um, overseas incentive trips and stayed friends ever since. So I think it's one of those that whatever company you're in, you do make friends for life. Um, So that Mm -hmm. was kind of how we were introduced to this new business. Um, But it all just kind of aligned with my ethics. So when we had our shop, a big thing for me was about sustainability and kind of doing things to help support other small businesses. Um, So when we found our online company Tropic, that was very much so that everything is made very sustainably. It's good for you. It's good for the planet. They do a lot with giving back to charity. So it just aligned with my values, really. Um, And also... At that point, my confidence was still really quite low that I didn't have the confidence to ask people about a skincare routine. The, it absolutely felt me with, filled me with dread, the thought of walking into a part, to a department store and asking the question about like, I don't really have a skincare routine, like where do I start? Knowing full well, probably one of the first questions that was going to be asked is, well, what's your skin type? And I would have felt stupid because I didn't know the answer to that and I felt like in my own body I should know what's going on but actually a lot of people don't know these where I think when some people are in certain professions they think they forget that they've not always known all of that knowledge so for somebody to walk mm-hmm. in it's not in that same field with the same background it can be quite daunting so didn't have the confidence to really try any skincare so I was very fortunate that I had mum that had discovered the products and I was able to try them and then because they were so easy to use I just fell in love with them and found myself talking to people about them like you do when you find things that you love when you recommend them to your friends and family um and then now more on a social media kind of world you talk about it on social media now as well so that's amazing I am talking about skincare right so I didn't grow up learning anything about skincare I didn't grow up learning you know yeah, you wash your face, but you wash your face when you're in the shower, right? Like, I didn't learn anything about that. And so through this journey, I've actually learned a little bit and I've kind of fallen in love with washing my face and feeling that clean feeling, you know, before you, like, when I wake up and before you go to bed and, you know, it's helped my skin and it falls into that self-care routine as well, which helps decrease that stress and build your confidence. And, you know, because so many of us, I think we look in the mirror and we're like, oh, I see this or I see that or whatever. But when you start utilizing things that help build your confidence and self-care, I know, especially for myself and probably for you as well and so many people listening, you then look in the mirror and it's not even about your physical body. It's just that you feel more confident because you've been taking care of yourself. 100%. And I think a lot of people get into the hustle and bustle of everyday life and self-care isn't a big part. But really... Self-care doesn't have to be all about spending hours having bubble baths and pamper treatments and all of this, but it's finding those pockets of time within the day to do something that's going to kind of, well, just recharge and look after yourself. So for me, making the effort, and it's now a habit, it's like I don't go to bed without doing my skincare routine. It's like I wouldn't go to bed without brushing my teeth now, but it's it's finding those little pockets of time to look after yourself. So many people are really busy. Like I'm not in a position where I've got a family or anything just yet. But a lot of people will, I hear that have like don't have time for them because they're pouring in and helping everybody around them. So just finding those little pockets of time. Like for instance, my skincare routine in the morning, I just pop my cleanser on before I jump in the shower and then rinse it off. And then we'll do my other steps. Then 
it doesn't have to be something where one you don't need a degree to find out what products you use and two you don't need to be putting loads and loads of time aside for it but it's just finding those times to kind of nourish your body from inside and out um and just kind of not to be fighting against your body and not being on survival mode all the time yeah absolutely and I don't think I ever understood that you know that self-care didn't have to be those long bubble baths or those big spa days or anything. And even like when someone first had ever said to me skincare routine, I was like, I can hardly remember to eat throughout the day. You want me to remember to like actually, but it, it's not complicated. Like it's even, you know, using a product that helps nourish your skin to wash your face. Like that is, I like something that you can do that is still a skincare routine, I would imagine, but isn't something that um, does take a lot of that time, which everybody's trying to get back that we can never like gain more of. Yeah, no, definitely. And I just, I think a lot of people, if they haven't given themselves the time to get that, it is something that's just like, no, it's not for me. I don't have time to do that. It's not, not something I'm interested in, but actually it's just like looking after yourself in a different way. And it's like, our skin is our largest organ and we wear our skin every day. And I, one of the real reasons I love what I do is that because I'm helping people to get their skin confidence back. We all deserve to feel comfortable in our own bodies. Um, so skincare can be one way that people will give the time to start to learn to love themselves. And it's really been a big step forward for me on my self-love journey. And then giving myself the time and looking after myself and things like that as well. So yeah, lots, lots of them. Um, positives of finding those even if five minutes in a day for yourself absolutely so talking about a self-love journey you've actually kind of discovered another way to learn how to take care of yourself and really something that not a lot of people talk about there's not a lot of research on and Mm -hmm. it's something that I know growing up I think for all of us around the same age was something that was taboo to talk about altogether so Do you want to give us a little bit of um, like where you've headed lately and, and what you've been really helping women with? Yeah, so I've become really passionate and it's more of a recent thing about really talking about women's health and that it is something that we don't talk about enough. And I think that whatever age you are as a woman, your body changes physically and you've got to deal with the mental sides of that as well. But for me, a big part of it is knowing a bit about my menstrual cycle and things like that. So I've spent the last 10 years on hormonal birth control and I didn't have a clue really how it was affecting my body. I was struggling, but I thought that was the norm. And I think when we're growing up, the social norm is that once you get to a certain age, um, you will then look at going up some onto some sort of hormonal contraception for whatever reason that may be for you, not always to prevent pregnancy, but people tend to have, whether it's heavy periods or sometimes it's even people that have got acne and things like that. Quite often we mm-hmm. are go to the doctors and they recommend that we go on. And I'm not saying that it is the wrong thing to do. I am not a medical professional and I never will claim that I am. But for me, it's been the right decision for me to come off hormonal contraception because I was struggling and I just wanted to see how my body was without it and since I have come off it I have learned so much and I've almost felt a little bit silly that I didn't know the things that I've learned recently but I think I'm not alone on feeling that I think 
because it's not spoken about, because the word period or time of the month is kind of, you say it on the hush hush, don't you, in certain situations, Mm -hmm. it's not something that we're having open and honest conversations about. So I've been on a little bit of a journey after the last couple of months. I am no way in any would ever claim of being an expert, but I'm very passionate about sharing what the journey that I've been on and the things that I'm learning along the way. So a couple months ago, I decided to have my um, implant removed from my arm and come off hormonal contraception altogether. And the first thing that people said to me when I said that that was the decision I'd made was like, oh, so you're trying trying for a baby now? And it's like, no. (laughs) Even when I went in to um, see the nurse to have it out, she was like, right, so why are you having it out? And I said to her that all the struggles that I've been having, not understanding what's going on in my own body, uh, the irregular bleeding, which at that point I thought I was having periods of some sort, but actually until I came off my hormonal contraception, I didn't realise that my body actually hadn't had a period in over 10 years and it was actually a withdrawal bleed, which is something that I had no idea at all. So yeah, it kind of was just... It's been a bit of a whirlwind, really, that I think everybody assumed that you've I've been in a relationship for six plus years. Um, I've now coming off my contraception. It must be for one reason only. And the one reason only was never even crossed a lot of people's mind that I was doing it for my own well-being. Um, so I'm really lucky that I've been surrounded by some really lovely like minded people. that have been really supportive that although it might not be the social norm to come off hormonal contraception when you aren't planning to have a family just yet I've been able to have open and honest conversations with these people and it's been a safe place and I'm really passionate now that I feel that I'd wish I'd heard more people speaking about it before about the different options that we didn't have to be struggling on a day-to-day basis and this is what it is and you just have to deal with it because it's part of being a woman um so since then, I've actually started tracking my cycle. Um, I'm actually using natural cycles, which has been really another way of supporting me, not only because I'm tracking my cycle, my mood, the changes in my skin throughout the month, but also it's got some amazing resources on there where I've actually been able to learn a lot about a women's cycle that I we're not taught as we grow up. The fact that I had no yeah. idea that you couldn't get pregnant at any time throughout your cycle it's only a really small window. The fact that there's different stages of your cycle, which all makes sense with the mood, your energy changes, the changes in your skin throughout the month as well. So it's been a real eye-opener, real kind of learning curve. Um, But I think what the pivotal point was for me was that actually um, when I was rushed into hospital a couple months ago um, and going to going to hospital is something like I didn't want to go I was in real real pain I just would have made every excuse for not going um I wasn't I'm not one of these people that kind of has a small thing and just wants to get it checked just in case it really takes a lot for me to walk through those hospital doors but I thought they when I walked in they thought I was having early um appendicitis they managed to rule that out so I didn't have to go in for surgery which was really positive then they assumed it was Mm -hmm. kidney stones but because of my age and um being a woman they wanted to do some extra tests we're really lucky in the UK that we do have the NHS so I could go into A&E and I did have the support for all of these tests and things like this quite easily um but when they did my ultrasound they they ruled out that it was kidney stones and the first thing that came to my mind when they mentioned my ovaries was just like I was just so scared 
so scared because I had no idea what was going on in my own body. They'd ruled out these other things. And all I could think in my head at that point was, I wish it was kidney stones. I wish it was my appendix. <laughs> appendix. Because at least we know what was going on then. But as soon as they said, like, we need to look at your ovaries and check this, I was just like, I'm going to be infertile. I'm not going to be able to have kids. You just expected the worst because I didn't understand what was going yeah. on in my own body. And the doctors were doing all they could to rule out anything. But it was just not knowing. So it turned out that I actually had an ovarian cyst that ruptured. And when the gynecologist came out to explain this to me, he turned around and said, it's a really normal thing that happens. You can go home. And then I was left at, what if it happens again? <laughs> I don't want to be rushed into hospital again next month. What? Yeah, like, no. What's going on? Like, for me, this did not feel normal. And no, it's not something I'd heard anybody else go through. So I was like, this is not normal. Um, I was really lucky that I had another appointment after that with a uh, female doctor who actually took the time to talk me through about what had happened and things like that. So it put my mind at ease and actually she spoke to me through the fertility things and things like that and ruled out that at this moment in time, they didn't think there was going to be any risks to my fertility. But I just go back to that moment when I was in the hospital where they mentioned my ovaries about how scared I was and had no idea what was going on. And if I knew a little bit more about how a woman's cycle knows, I don't think I would have had that massive, overwhelming emotions of stress and anxiety and just feeling really really scared so that point has really kind of led me to wanting to have these more open conversations wanting to be able to learn more and as I learn more to be able to share more with other people and even if that just means that that person is going to have a more open conversation is going to ask more questions that they understand whether that person's no longer going to be suffering with whatever they're dealing with right now to be able to get the right support that they need. Or if somebody just needs a friendly, a friendly face to be able to have a chat with, just to let them know that they're not on their own. Mm -hmm. Because everybody struggles, well, has, it's, it's different for everybody. Everyone's cycle's different. Everyone's length of cycle's different. Everybody's symptoms are different and things like that. But I think it's just having these open and conversation, open and honest conversations to be that, one, you're not on your own. It is very likely that somebody is going through something very similar to what you're going to. But also there is a lot of information out there if you want to, but also making a conscious effort that it doesn't need to be something that needs to be spoken on the hush, that it is a very normal thing to happen. Women have periods. People don't like to talk about periods. I remember growing up and periods seemed like a really negative thing. It was like, oh God, I'm on my period. Or oh, I'm going on holiday and I bet my period's going to come when I'm on holiday. But if I'm taking the pill, I'll skip my skip my break. So I miss miss my, all of those sort of things. Or you get one of the boys at school would make a comment, oh, you're moody today. Is it the time of the month? And all of these things. Yeah. It's like, it was never spoken about in a positive way. But actually, it's a really natural thing to happen. And it's a really good indication that things about your health when you're having regular periods as well. So... Yeah, I feel like I've just gone on a real rant about my story now, but it has just led me to feel like, you know what, we need to talk about this more and people don't need to feel like they're on their own with this either. There is information out there. People are starting to talk a little bit more about these taboo subjects so you don't feel like you have to suffer in silence with it. Um, and it's really kind of led me to think, actually, how I can support my skin at different times of my cycle 
and help others with that as well but also about nourishing my body from within as well and just supporting my body so that I'm no longer fighting against it and I'm going to help myself thrive into the next stages of my life as well. Absolutely. I think there's so much that we can unpack there. And I was on um, birth control for a very long time. And ironically, it was because I used to get cysts that were so big and they were uncomfortable. And so they put me on birth control to help even out the size of those so they would reduce the risk of kind of bursting, right? But they didn't really say or mention that you always, through every part of your cycle, women always will have cysts and then they will shrink and they will have and they will shrink. And so when, and again, not medical advice, but when a cyst pops, it is free fluid in your abdomen and that's why it hurts so bad because that fluid isn't supposed to be there. And then it, I mean, the, the pain is unreal. And so I want to go back for a second and just kind of touch on while you were on your birth control, before all of this happened and before you came off of it, you said that you were really struggling. What were you struggling with so that maybe anyone listening who's contemplating coming off birth control for their own health reasons, not even, you know, surrounding children, but what were you struggling with that maybe others are struggling with that they don't know is related? Yeah, so first time I had, so when I first went on to contraception, I was on the combined pill. It gave me awful migraines. I just felt awful on it. I, I think I'm, it's hard to say that it was the pill that had caused these symptoms, but I felt like it, it, I'd put on weight. I just, I didn't feel like me. So I also didn't like the fact that I was putting something into my body that I didn't really know much about either. So I think since joining my um, online business, it's really kind of given me a different outlook on actually questioning about the stuff that I'm putting in my body and on my body and that going down more of a natural route, which I know is not for everybody, but that's something that is right for me at this moment in time. Mm-hmm. So first implant I had, the reason I went on to that was because the doctor had said, if you don't get on with this, like you didn't get on with the pill, you can have it removed and the and it doesn't stay in your body for a long period of time afterwards. So I thought, you know what, we'll give it a go. And my first implant, I didn't have a period for the whole three years it was in my arm. I felt great. At that point, I didn't even really think about the positives of having a period. It just was, yeah, I'm feeling better than I was before. And then, so I thought, this is the right type of contraception for me. So I'll continue using that. So when I had my second one in, I felt like I was then what I thought was a period I thought I was on my period more than I wasn't so then I was just feeling really run down not myself I was really kind of almost like fighting against my body because I was just had these irregular bleedings all the time but in my head I was like you know what it's fine because I'm not pregnant (laughs) and that's really right I've been there So it's like, you know what, I'll just suck it up and get on with it. Yes, it's annoying. Um, but at that point, I didn't really think any more of it than this is what it's, this is part of being a woman. It happens. You get on with your day. You get on with what's going on. So I didn't really think about how it was affecting my body. And then I think when it came to making the decision to come to come off, any sort of hormonal birth control I think for me it was kind of I've really changed 
what I put on my skin. I've completely changed my diet to what works to me. So I've been really conscious about what I'm putting in and on my body. And I didn't really know what I was putting in with the hormonal contraception. And I wasn't feeling great on it. So I thought, why not just try coming off it and see how I get on? You know, the worst comes, I'll go back on some sort of hormonal contraception. But I, it's, yeah, I've just felt so much better since I have. And, and I'm not saying that that is going to be the right fix for everyone. The way that I'm doing, using the natural cycles and tracking and everything isn't the right fit for everybody. It's not a quick fix, but it has been right for me. And I think it was this having that confidence to be like, I'm fed up of feeling rubbish every day and run down and just yeah. not myself. I just felt low. And it's hard to not, and I wasn't sure whether it was my implant or not, but I just thought, you know what? I've seen a couple of my friends using the natural cycles and they're really thriving on it. They're feeling the best they've ever felt. They're understanding their body. And because they're understanding their body more, they're being able to support their body more. Where I felt like I was just taking day by day and just getting on with it. And I just was learning that this is how I felt and it will have to do for now because that bit is what it is. And I think it was then having the confidence to go like, you know what, actually, no, I deserve to not feel like this. I deserve to feel a bit better. And it might be a trial and error to find out what it is that is going to help me feel better and get, find my energy and find me again and be more conscious about what I'm putting on and in my body. So for me, it was the right move because I thought, worst comes to worst, I'll, I can go back on some sort of contraception if I really want to. But mm-hmm. seeing other people using alternatives and doing really well with it not falling pregnant because that was a big thing I wasn't ready to have a family yet but I think it's really kind of changed my mindset on it that actually although I'm not at a stage of my life where I'm thinking about a family I would love to have a family one day it's about what I can do now in my lifestyle that was going to support my body so that when the time is right I've done what I can to help my body to be in the right place as well Absolutely. Right. And it's funny you said like the first three years you weren't, you didn't have your period. Cause I think as a woman, that all of us would be like, Oh my God, can we please just not have it? Right. Like, you know, I said to you today when, before we started this broadcast, like I started mine today and I'm just like, you know, my energy is low and I just like, I just want to like put my head on the desk and be like, but being able to learn that it actually is healthy to have that and to go through that cycle is really important. Whether you are looking at some point to have a family, you're looking at not. And I think, you know, I don't know specifically outside of the U S but I, I feel like it could very much be the same as a lot of people do go on birth control because you hear of all these people, you know, going out and you know, you have your, your fun, your one night stands, you're in a relationship, however you live that part of your life. And then, oh shit, now I have a baby. Now what am I going to do? Right. And, and they don't realize, and I didn't realize until I started tracking my cycle. I came off of my birth control five years ago, um, about six months after I got married. And initially I thought it was because like we were ready to have kids. And my, one of my deep seated fears actually that stems way, way back, but I have an insane fear of childbirth. Like beyond insane fear of it. And so that was also a part of why I think I stayed on birth control for longer was because I was so scared of that. 
And so when I came off of it, thinking that we were ready and then realizing that I had a lot of work to do on myself before I was ever ready to have myself, a potential child or my husband in that situation, I started to realize that I actually felt so much better. I started to have some weight loss, which helped with my confidence. And I started to learn how to track that. And then as of recently, you know, you and I have been talking and there are multiple stages to that cycle. It's not just like, oh yeah, I bleed once a month for X amount of days. It's Mm -hmm. okay. There's this phase and there's this phase. And you know, you wake up one day and you look in the mirror and you're like, holy shit, did I like, you know, gain seven pounds overnight? But it's the fluctuation in that cycle Mm -hmm. where you're bloated, you're not bloated. You know, some people step on the scale, which I still think everybody should just throw the scale out, but you step on the scale and you're like, how did I gain four pounds overnight? Well, you didn't, right? But it's because of that cycle and those different stages that these things contribute to our self-image and especially not understanding that. Yeah, and I think once you start tracking your cycle, it makes more sense. So if you have those days and you feel like, I've got no energy, it could be down to the stage that you are in your cycle. It could be down to other influential factors. I'm not saying everything is determined by your cycle but there is certain things that just make sense when you look at it and you go oh yeah like that makes sense now because I'm my period's coming in a few days time or like my energy's I've got so much more energy or like whatever it might be and I know that it will be very different for everybody but by tracking it you'll get to know what your norms are and you'll understand more Mm -hmm. so I was listening to a podcast the other day and they were on about exercise and actually how when people are doing, so I know you used to do CrossFit and stuff like that. Sometimes women will actually have their PB at certain times in their cycle and things like that. And it's like actually learning to support your body at whatever stage it is at instead of fighting against it. And then I think that comes down to the self-care. If you know that at this time in your cycle, you tend to be, a little less like a little more lethargic or lesser energy or like struggle possibly to deal with certain situations a little bit differently to how you normally would it all makes sense when you're are trying to track and understand what your norms are um and I think that's a really big thing that I've learned from the natural cycles is that it will tell you potentially what could be happening from the data that they've collected But they're not saying that this is going to happen to everybody, but it will help it make sense, especially when you're new to tracking your cycle and things like that. Like I had no idea that my first day of my period is the first day of your cycle and things like that. But it will explain it to you when you and it will make the tracking easier. And it's not something that you need to have a degree for. They do make it really simple. And it's yeah, just understanding what's going on so that you can support your body in the way that it needs supporting instead of fighting against it. Because I think some days where you're like, so for instance, like I I ran, I did a marathon a few years ago. If I was tracking my cycle, it would have made more sense with my training possibly because there would have been days where I had had this certain plan, which potentially was a uh, training plan that was for both male and female or for, for anybody really which everybody has very different training needs, but it wasn't specific and it wasn't. Whereas if I was to go and do a marathon again, then I possibly would factor it, factor into my training plan, my cycle now and said like, right, so I know my energy is going to be lower at this point, or I'm likely to have 
ovulation pains, which not everybody gets, didn't know that was a thing, <laughs> and things like that. So just yep. to try and factor in so that you're not fighting against your body. Um, so yeah, a massive learning curve. And I think it's just something that is really important to talk about more. So people don't feel like they have to suffer and that they're the only one going through these things. Oh, absolutely. And I think that there's a couple points as well that's really important to talk about when you learn about tracking your cycle is that, one, it makes, like you said, planning easier. And so as you learn and as you're, you're tracking and it gets, like, you get used to knowing, okay, like, I know a cycle is 28 days, but I tend to think of it over the course of a month, right? So, like, when I get, after my period's over, I know that I'm going to have a really big, insane amount of energy based on the hormone levels that are going up, mm -hmm. right? And so then I know, okay, I can really pack that week because I know that I'm going to be able to keep up with it. Whereas going the few days before my period starts and then into the first couple of days, your hormone levels are low, your dopamine levels are low, your serotonin levels are low, right? So you could feel maybe depressed, you could feel more anxious, or you could feel, you know, you, that lack of energy. And so it also helps us plan the activities, whether it's personal, whether it's business around that. So you can really harness you know, that, that your true potential, but you can really harness your, um, creativity around that time. But I think the other thing that's really important, and you had kind of mentioned it in the beginning, and it made me think of this. So you had mentioned that going to the hospital or going to the doctors is something that takes, it takes a lot for you to have to go. Mm -hmm. And when we track our cycle, or even when we just learn about it, and you have those things like ovulation pain, or all of a sudden one day you're like, man, my back is killing me, right? Like, or, oh, my hips, like, I'm, you're trying to like do every sort of like upside down yoga pose. I feel like trying to like get your hips to stretch out or whatever, right? You're in like a reverse upside down, like hanging dog almost. And like, it just, but then you realize that it's part of that cycle. And so for those of us in the U S a lot of times people will have kind of two thoughts, right? Something new happens and there's a new pain or discomfort that they experience. And they're like, oh my God, what's happening to me? And they go right to the doctors, right? Mm -hmm. Or, ah, oh, I'm getting older. Must just be, it must just be aches. Must just be whatever. And it might not be any of that. It might just be because that's where you are in your cycle. But alternatively, if you're tracking your cycle, you'll then be able to probably be a little bit more conscious if that isn't a norm for you. And you do need to go and see a medical yeah. professional as well. So yes. it kind of works both ways that you're just understanding what's going on in your body and I think hormones are such a powerful thing and they can really affect us but also our lifestyle can really affect our hormones so it's about supporting your body and I think the big thing about tracking it and also then speaking to other people about their experiences it all the puzzle pieces start to fall into place a little bit more and everybody's puzzles a little bit different <laughs> so it's just uh -huh. just yeah it for me it's now something that I just feel like I don't want to be, I don't want anyone to be in that situation that I was in the hospital when they mentioned my ovaries and I just had that overwhelming, just what, what the hell is going on? Like this, yeah. this it, when you just, one of those where you just expect the worst, you think the worst, you try to stay positive. I do a lot of personal development, but there is only certain situations where you're like, 
right, I've got my positive pants on, but what what the hell is going on? And you're now mentioning my ovaries. Yep. Like, this is could be life changing for me. This you kind of almost have this little plan in your head, and it doesn't always go to plan. But I didn't know what I I was in my head. I was like, I don't know how I am going to react if they mention that this could affect my fertility because I'm not at a stage where I was ready to have a family, but I would love to one day. So it's just like... Yeah, and you didn't want the option to potentially be taken away. Yeah. Yeah. And it just felt so, really out, like it was out of my control. I couldn't... I, I didn't know what was going on. There's not only so much you could plan. And I just wish I was a little bit more knowledgeable about it. Because when the, the gynecologist came out and said this is a really normal thing that happens in your cycle. And I was thinking, what I've just gone through is not normal. <laughs> this is right. But actually a lot of women do go and, and I'm not saying or sharing my experience to scare anybody. I just want people to know that to have these conversations, to maybe be a little bit more conscious or curious about doing a little bit of your own research to understand what's right for you, to be able to support you at what stage you are in your life mm-hmm. and whether that is your choice I'm not saying come off birth control because birth control might be the right thing for you but you can still ask these questions to understand your body and support it whilst you're on the birth control as well it's not just a yeah two different separate things absolutely and I think even after the pandemic and moving forward you know we've seen such a um one, like medication availability is like it, you don't know if you're going to be able to get it. I mean, I know that I've gone through that with my ADHD meds and the injection that I use for my autoimmune disease. And so if for some reason birth control and you're using that on a regular basis, and even if it's a good fit for you, being at least, at least knowing that there's an alternative way to be able to help your body, God forbid, you just can't get it some life event happens, you get fired from your job, you don't have insurance, like whatever the situation may be. Like, I know that's for us in the US, but like, mm-hmm. like, if you can't get it, then what are you going to do? And I know for me that that creates a massive fear when I'm like, well, uh, what do you, what do you mean? It's on back order. What do you mean? There's a shortage. What do you mean? Like, I think you, you know, you said those things as almost like tools in your toolkit. I know when you're talking about your ADHD, well, it's, it's very similar for women and birth control being their toolkit. And that being potentially stripped away if something like that happened. And that is, yeah. and for me, it's been a learning curve. And I've been at a stage in my life where I've been able to have the time to understand it and learning. But if I, if it was stripped away and it wasn't my choice, it would have been a very different thing if I was wanting to continue on birth control. So, and yeah, it's just really blown my mind, really. So I've been listening to a lot of other podcasts, reading books. There's been some amazing documentaries on it as well. But I also think there's, it's also, there is quite a lot, there's not much research on women's health within medicine either, which also makes it more difficult. Mm-hmm. So it's just about what you, finding what works for you, may, asking those questions, because unfortunately there hasn't been the funding for these sort of things to develop. And I'm not saying that means that they're mm-hmm. not any good, because sometimes you don't need to fix something that's not broken, but it just is, things change. And not everything mm-hmm. is staying up to speed. So that's probably a completely yeah. different conversation for another day. But no, it's just... but it's still true. No, for sure. 
So as we sort of wrap up, I really want you to talk about Natural Cycle, what it is, how it's helped you, what kind of things that you utilize within that service that helps you track and, um, yeah, kind of just like about the product and what it's done for you. Amazing. So one of my close friends had recently gone down to it, possibly even a year before I was even thinking about doing it. So I was very fortunate that I could ask her lots of questions, but there also has lots of information online as well. But I was very sceptical about it because I was thinking, well, how how does this work? I've gone, you've kind of drilled into us that birth control has to be a certain list of things. Otherwise, it's not going to be effective. They've got some amazing Mm -hmm. kind of background and collected enough data that it is actually as effective, if not more effective with perfect perfect juice compared to things like condoms and other um, certain birth controls. But for me, it's just a really simple thing to add to my day. I have an app in my phone. As soon as I wake up in the morning, I take my base base uh, body temperature. So I've got a natural cycles um, thermometer that it measures it to a certain percentage. And it all links to my phone. So literally all I do is as soon as I wake up in the morning, I will take my temperature, sync it with my phone, and that is me done for the day if that's all I want to do. It also has things in there where you can track your mood, you can track whether you've had any period pains, uh, ovulation pains, all sorts of these things. You can track changes in your skin, and it all kind of puts it into a graph, and um, you can just kind of see where you are at your cycle and then the more information you put in there the more accurate it will be to you but also not only the tracking side of it it's also got a really great learning side of it as well so it's got things like quizzes it's got blogs it's got information that if you're wanting to learn more about a women's cycle you've got it at a touch of a button but what I've also loved about it is that not only has it helped me learn but Seb my partner has also been looking at these resources with me he has, if I if I want, I have not set it up yet, but he essentially could have the app on his phone as well so that he can see things like that. So, for instance, if the whole hospital situation was ever to happen again, which I'm sure it won't, hopefully, but he would also have all of the data tracks there that he can see as well. But it gives you red days and green days. So your green days are kind of your non-fertile da- fertile days. So if you, depending on your personal choices of how you want to um, have sex and what if you're wanting to use any Mm -hmm. other sorts of contraception as well the green days essentially your safe days but if you are going to have sex around those you need to be using a condom and stuff like that it's also very apparent that it's like it's not going to protect you from SCIs if you're and things like that it is just to check your fertility it goes off your temperature and all of the other information that you track in there And it's definitely one of those things, the more information you put in there, the more information you get back. But also you've got all the learning resources and stuff in there as well. Um, So it's been really simple to use. It's been a great way for me to learn more about a women's cycle. What's essentially a norm and what's a thing that potentially might not be a norm. It also gives me notifications every evening to make sure that it's kind of have you done your skincare routine and put your thermometer by your bed is it time to read a book and it's like not always about skincare but it gives you a little bit of like a self-care prompt but remember to put your thermometer by your bed and things like that but it also reminds me 
um, and also gives me information about how to check your breasts and things like that. So it's not just about your menstrual cycle. It's kind of got a big approach about women's health as a whole, really. And I'm not saying that by reading this information, I'm going to be an expert, but it definitely is making me understand more what is going on in my body and giving me the prompts that I need to be checking certain things at certain times of the month. And it kind of, it almost gives me like a little warning saying when you're coming towards your period that you're likely to experience some sort of period pain. Like it's, so you know kind of what's going on before it essentially happens once you get to a stage where you've been tracking for a while as well. But I just love how easy it is to use because I was really worried when I, and I was thinking, how, how does this work? I just take my temperature in the morning and click, click a few buttons. But actually there's a lot more to it they've also got an amazing community on facebook so you don't feel alone nothing's ever a silly question so if i've got something i'm not sure on, i can post it in the group or it's it's another safe place in the community where but then also some people they've got different different parts in the app so they've got like a birth control or um pregnancy planning so if you are planning on having a family starting a family it will give you indications on how you track your cycle to work out those windows when you could get pregnant. Because I think a lot of people don't understand that you can't get pregnant at any day of the year. It's only within a certain window within your cycle. So if you are planning to have a baby, it gives you more prompts and things like that around that, I believe, to work out when you're fertile and things like that too. So it's kind of covers both both areas, but it's just a really simple way that you can track and understand what's going on and I've for me it's been huge because it's made me learn so much about women's women's cycle and women's health really I think it's amazing I actually I can't wait to try it I've been using a random app that I have that shows me just like I could put all these different things in it but at least I know when my my period's coming and um that was a, a big thing for me to be able to make sure I've ordered you know supplies and and have those things and but the relationship piece of this is a really interesting aspect. And so we were talking about how growing up, and I still think it's, it's a big thing where, you know, especially teenage boys and young men or whatever, oh, you're moody. I'm like, who's at the time of the month? You know, and like just that very condescending kind of bullshit. But if you're in a relationship and you're comfortable sharing the app like this with your partner, if for some reason you don't feel well, for some reason you're sleeping a lot, if for some reason you are kind of snappy or whatever, I know for me with ADHD, sometimes like I just will forget what's going on with my body, right? And so I think that that could be a really, really awesome place to build off of a build up a relationship is because your partner could then look at that and be like, okay, I understand. Like I see what's going on. And it's kind of like a dual education piece. And therefore, they'll understand as well, even if you don't necessarily understand. Because I know if I get snappy or I get short, most of it's a tone issue, right? And I don't hear how my tone sounds. And so by no means is it an excuse, but I do think that it could be very helpful in building healthy relationships because your partner can also learn to understand what you're going through and what you're experiencing. Because men men don't have it yeah 100% I am very lucky that Seb is really supportive and he is open to learning more about what I'm learning as well but 
not everybody is comfortable having those conversations but by having resources like that if they're not comfortable having that conversation they can at least be learning it <laughs> but without yeah. having to have those conversations which might then lead to be being more comfortable to have those conversations and ask questions but I think a lot of women even when they've been in relationships for a long time they don't talk about the things that they're going through with their cycle unless it's like oh I've just got really bad period pains or just and it's not it's not seen as a positive thing really so for having people around you that are understanding it it's helping them to understand you as well and but also what you're having to go through as a woman as well because I've just guys guys they don't they they're never going to be able to understand it and put themselves in our shoes because our bodies are made differently um so yeah for Mm -hmm. me that was really a really great thing to have on there as well yeah absolutely well I can't thank you enough for all of this I am sure that this is going to be such an incredible episode for everybody listening um just where can they find you if they want to connect with you they want to chat with you whether they want to talk about this they want to talk about um tropic skincare where can they find you so across all platforms, you'll find me as Jess at Jess Hayland. So I'm very thankful to Mary Elizabeth helping me with my tech the other day. All my handles are now the same across all my platforms. So it's going to be really easy to find me. But you'll find me on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and I'm on YouTube as well. Instagram's my favourite. That's home for me. But I am across all the platforms. But my DMs are open. If anybody wants to have a conversation, it is a safe place. I will do what I can and listen and do. But yeah, it's just... I wish I had heard more people talking about this before I got to that stage in the hospital where I was thinking, what's going on? So it's just by sharing these things, people don't have to be alone. But yeah, if you've ever got any questions, um, I'm more than happy to try and help answer them or help find you a place where you can find the correct resources or um, what's right for you, really. But thank you so much for having me. Awesome. You're so welcome. Guys, make sure that you check out the description of this podcast or the YouTube video because there will be a link in there for you to go try out Natural Cycle for yourself. You There's a discount code that comes with that. And I'm really excited for all of you to be able to try this and um, see if it works for you. Whether you are on birth control, whether you're looking to come off of it, whether you're looking to start a family, or you're just looking to prioritize your health as a woman. So Jess, thank you so much for all of that. Thank you so much. As always, I want to leave you with three affirmations. I am comfortable with who I am. Health, wealth, and harmony are entering my life. I trust myself, my instincts, and the love in my heart. Thanks so much for listening. Talk soon.